Tripping with Trip. Juan Raimundo Ortiz. Raimundi. Raimundi Ortiz. There you go. That's it. It sounds good. Nice and clear. Doesn't sound great. I mean, these are basic microphones that people didn't take from the quarantine because <laughs> everyone's working home. So right. all the stands were gone, all the good microphones, the headsets. We're using gamer headsets <laughs> with microphones. We look like Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, I should have kept my Spice Girls boots on. <laughs> oh, my God. Totally. <laughs> Your country boots with heels. And oh my heels God. and little That's... fur lining. That oh. is so funny. Listen, when I got to the front door, I was like, oh shit, uh -oh, these boots ain't going to work. I'm so not ready for these this. These boots may not be made for farm walking. No, no, no. Mm -mm. Yeah, this is a wake up call. All right. Welcome to our podcast. We are at Habitable Spaces, Sustainable Farm and Residency. It is Friday, March 20th, and we are a couple of weeks into the coronavirus uh, quarantine in the middle of Texas, Kingsbury to be specific, between uh, Austin an hour away and San Antonio an hour in the other direction. We are here with Wanda Raimundi Ortiz. Yay! Yay! Thank you, Wanda. Listen, loving that R roll. I heard oh, you. I, yeah, Raimundi. I grew up in Nuevo Mexico. That's right. I learned, I learned early all the bad words. <laughs> Wanda <laughs> is a current artist in residence here at um, Habitable Spaces, yes, right? Sir, yes, and you sir. came in pre-quarantine just about like just before, just before just before the shit hit the fan <laughs> wow well you uh i am the web guy and i'm responsible for putting everyone's bios up i did not know you before because you've right. got some new york in you oh yeah uh which we'll talk about uh but you are currently an associate professor uh of studio art at the university of central florida that's it And you were telling me you are tenured. That's right. And you have hoop earrings that say tenured. Yes, I do. <laughs> Gold-plated hoops that say tenured in case that people forget. <laughs> huge. You've been at this for a while. I wow, have. Look at all the awards you've won. Oh, I am nationally, internationally recognized, award-winning, interdisciplinary visual and performance artist. Looking at the visuals on your last project, it's amazing. It looks like there's a little bit of Catholic influence. In oh, yeah. 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 I'm a recovering, Catholic, uh, recovering Catholic. Oh, cool. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about all this. Yes. We are here in quarantine. Uh, thank you, Corona. Thank you. Uh, in our little, my little love shack, we are on a campus here of a few few um, tiny homes and little cabins and mobile homes, um, and it's our little village here. Super cute village. Isn't it great? Mm -hmm. oh, I'm mm -hmm. so glad. Where uh, where were you born? What was your family like? Um, kind of help us get a, a feeling for, for your past, because I bet <laughs> oh. I've, I've gotten a few tidbits here and there. I love the Puerto Rico. I love the, the Bronx. You guys lived oh, in the yeah. Bronx for a while, mm -hmm. and now Florida with your husband and son. What was your family life oh, like? Oh, my How? gosh. So I'm the last of seven. Wow. In my family. Yeah. Same parents. I feel like now you have to say that. Yeah. yeah. Same parents. That's very rare. Yeah, yeah. And uh, full of people that are very talented. And one of my sisters trained to be an opera singer. Nice. My older brother was the person that I watched drawing as a kid because he went to music and art, like high school of the arts, music and art. My sister went to music and art. Oh, so arts um, in the blood. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, my 
the sister who went to Music and Art for Opera, her son went to Music and Art, who who goes by the name of Skittles, um, and he has his he's Taste got his the rainbow. Exactly, exactly. Skittles with a Z. <laughs> Skittles. Skittles. And uh, so Skittles went to Music and Art High School as well as Julissa, my niece Veronica. She went to Music and Arts High School. And then her younger son Tristan. We just found out got into art and design. So there's a lot of art. What in a my family. creative corral. Super creative. Wow. Our parents were you know kind of working farm family really? Puerto Rico yeah so but just, you had farm in, in you yeah before. but it's not like it's you know something that we chose it's that was it mm-hmm. you know we're talking about 19 growing up in 1940s Puerto Rico you know and living in the farm of in the in the fields in Guaynabo and by, just living this is what you this yeah. you, that's how you live right in Puerto, um, Rico. in Puerto Rico yeah and Excellent. uh and so my mother was not allowed to go to school to learn how to read and stuff so She's incredibly because she was a woman because oh. she was a girl. Yeah, wow. I've heard school. so many people say that. I just mm-hmm. can't believe that used to. Yeah, be a thing. Yeah, it's a hmm. thing. Interesting, and uh, especially like in the forties, because you have I hear other friends of mine whose moms at least went to high school, but you know right. people can't fathom that someone was not allowed to read at all. Where language, being able to decode language, is not given to her. Like she didn't have that, hmm. so which made her a very resourceful person. She managed to keep it from me. So it was about 14 or 15, and then we kind of had the talk. Hmm. Um, and But I couldn't fathom that a woman who could do the things that she could do, go shopping and know where, know where everything was, was all kind of by sight and memory and not by, really? not by learning language. Huh. You know? Gosh, I wonder how many people are out there that we don't know about. That like don't, that. yeah, you don't know. So that that's are, illiteracy, that Illiteracy, yeah. Huh. And so, you know, for someone who didn't know how to read or write, she's never bounced a check. She does all her math in her head. You know, she, know, she knows how to crochet and can kind of decode stitches by looking at them. Doesn't have to read patterns. Respect. Was able to make clothes for herself. And Amazing. so there's a lot, there's a lot huh. of... I bet her brain figures things out differently than Incredibly differently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. And I think... And I think that that's probably where the big artistry comes from. And then also my father's side, um, I've got cousins uh, that some of that I've never met that are also in creative industries. Like I have a cousin named Gilberto Raimundi who was, I don't think I mean might have retired from the industry, but he was like a cinemat, I felt like a, a camera person hmm. for like Spanish soap operas in Puerto Rico. Nice. Uh, they're actors. You know, Jose Raimundi who was in soap operas, uh, dancers. There's a lot of that on both sides. More my dad's side, my mom's side is kind of small, at least the ones that I know of. Uh, my dad was uh, one of 14. What was the transition from Puerto Rico to New York? So my mother and father eloped when, you know, she was probably 18. Was that muy escandaloso? Muy escandaloso. <laughs> I, yeah, was real. When I found out about that. I was like, you got to be kidding <laughs> me, right? But, you know, they're poor, super yeah. poor, no wedding dresses, no, I think you just kind of fell in love and you just started. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay. Maybe you went to church. There Not was no, arranged. They did. They no, did no, no. They, f- they met. They fell in love. And it's a really mm-hmm. sweet story about, you know, a pretty girl living on the mountainside. And then the guy kind of sees her and would come up to the edge of her house. A little tiny house, kind of like where we are right now, which, you know, the classic story, the way she tells it, you know, this handsome guy would come, you know, that she could see him walking up and he would come to the house and ask her for water while he was working in the field. Hey, baby. And then as she, I would, she would turn... I get some agua because I'm thirsty. Thirsty. And so they kind of planned this elopement. They just kind of left together. You know, historically, there's this this push for migrating people into the United States so that you can get the labor. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to... You, 
Puerto Ricans, you don't you didn't have to get papers for because everybody's legally citizens, but oh, you can get you can get cheap labor at the same time. So, and hmm. there's a kind of like this promise of a of a nicer a nicer life if you move to the states. And hmm. Amer- U.S. presence was already, you know, felt in the in, in on the island by the 1940s. It was well established that this was a property of the United States, and so, you know, right. he braved it and came out and came out and set up shop in Brooklyn. And my mom already had had her first child, Jesus, my oldest brother. My when my phone rings and my brother calls, I got Jesus on speed dial. So what you got? And That's uh, so, so it's my my dad is Jesus, my brother's Jesus, my uh, nephew, his son is Jesus the third. There's Jose de Jesus. And yeah, it's <laughs> got a lot of Jesus deep, going on. It's deep. Mad Catholic. I love it. Mad <laughs> Catholico. Those crazy Catholicos. About six months later, and she says that she got she didn't understand cold, so she had like open toe shoes and got oh, here in oh, the winter time. Oh, she didn't understand yeah, New York no, cold, no, which no. is cold, 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 cold. And then oh, uh, God, and I had a little bit thing. of money in her I wonder bag. Wonder if she's adjusted. Pre- I've been there oh, since '99, and I from New Mexico, and she, I still. I tell adjusted. her like I, I'm always telling her come to come to Florida <sighs> with me. She's like, no, it's too hot. Oh, no, not. I don't oh, like it. Like oh. I was telling her about about my adventures out here on the farm, and she's just laughing. I told her about the guinea hen and plucking feathers. <laughs> the gangster and guineas. Gangster guineas. And, oh, my God. And, it's so and fun watching in you. The, oh. Your adventures on the farm. Oh, my God. This, is, this has been... So good. I called her You're up back was, to your parents' roots, roots, honey. This is I how was, they grow up. Yes. And I was, she laughed and laughed. And she said, I did that so long, child. I'm never going back to that. I'm like, oh, but it's so great. And it's wonderful. She'd rather wear like, open-toed sandals in New York. Than oh, then come back up in this farm. She's like, child, please. I'm done. Take me to take me to Western Beef. That take me to so go do my stuff at Costco. She's a spoiled American. Oh, oh yeah. No, she's so an American. Good. so good. Um, wow. What was childhood in the Bronx in New York? Childhood like, like in the Bronx in... Everybody was much older than me. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so the, oh, okay, I was, it felt it felt kind of like growing up as an only child. Because right. yeah, the, the sister just before me was is 12 years older than me. Wow, and then, my God. Yeah, so like Britney. Oops, I think baby? they did <laughs> it <Yeah>. again. <laughs> <laughs> you were the party baby. Woo! And then there's Wanda. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Um, no, so yeah, I was definitely a surprise, I think. I was covered, but in a different way. It was more like having six parents. Do you mind if I ask which years those were when during your childhood? Oh, sure. Child, I'm 47. I earned every... Okay, great. Every, All like, right. We could I talk. didn't want I, in certain no, circles. No, child, listen, I waved that banner proudly. I earned it. Every wrinkle and dimple and ripple and pimple. Yeah, I was reading the, be- the Beastie Boys are kind of a little bit around our age, and they came out with that coffee book recently, and wow... Their take on New York City in the freaking growing up in the freaking six seventies and, and, and their parents were pretty like loosey goosey about letting them play and run around. Yeah. And I'm just like I'm my jaws on the ground. It's just like New York City used to be really I crazy. Mean, it was crazy. crazy. So my mom had me on a tight leash, be- she didn't. not because she didn't trust me, but because she didn't trust the world. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, which is what most your, parents are doing now. Yeah, you could yeah. change. You can get your chain snatched. I watched my mother's chains get snatched right off her neck while we were getting off a train one day. Is that back in the days when there were spray paint with like? The, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. This happened Keith a little Herring bit. Herring and just there oh were my some god, it's so it's, yeah. It's it's funny because we have this amazing. <laughs> art that was happening that you know was kind of art under duress that was occurring all we saw 
was just it was gritty you know it was yeah. just gritty you yeah. knew not to go certain i think right. I saw like my, cars without wheels that have been yeah yeah carl yeah carl, fires everywhere during yeah, a certain things getting era. burned down um we lived in a building of 150 families my dad was a super of the building uh, people aren't gonna screw with you when well, you're well they kind of did a little oh, yeah? bit because i was the super's daughter mm. right but not really you know what i mean i was a chub- i was a chubby kid right yeah like, my sister's Grew up in a time when girls had pressed dresses and you had a pressed handkerchief that was pinned to your sleeves and school, they checked your nails and you had hot cooked meals every day. And it was, you know, the 60s, right? Yeah, 60s right. and, you know, yeah. um, and then, you know, into the early 70s, bell bottoms and afros and, you know, mm, you know the civil rights revolution. movement and revolution. And then there's the 80s where it's like, you know, drugs and, mm, and you mm. know, uh, the, the Bronx is burning because you're talking about rampant racism and Puerto Ricans and their, and their, ranch, their roach stomping shoes and like the, the dirty Ricans and there's mm. that feeling and Black Panthers, Young Lords, like there's yeah, like, that's that, there's right. all of that brewing, right. right? What was your neighborhood like? So they have certain pockets of, you know, just this, just that, blah, 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 which I, th- I find fascinating about New York City. Yeah. Um, were you near or feuding with like West Side Story type thing? Like with no, other you know what? Black and Puerto Ricans, blacks and Puerto Ricans were kind of shoulder to shoulder. No. You know, I lived seven or eight blocks away from Yankee Stadium. Okay, now so, I know exactly where you were. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was a crazy looking like that. My little strip of block was nice because I was right maybe a block and a half away from the family courthouse, and then you have the big the Bronx County County courthouse. It was recently re, uh, revitalized. It was kind of restored. Uh, oh, it was restored. But it was covered in spray paint. Yeah, and, you know, wow. Was, everything was, was like, back in those everything days. Everything was just Gums, covered in spray, spray paint, gum, trash, and garbage. trash, and poop. Oof, and, right. You know, but I learned how to ride bike on that street, on that, mm. in that park. Yeah. And you, I learned to not walk on grass. You know mm. what I mean? Like, Because you're going to get needles. You get and, needles yeah, and stuff. Right. And Anyway. <laughs> but I remember seeing a body. When I was about oh, oh seven, geez. someone had been pushed from the roof across the street from our, our building. What was that? Was I it people know. for insurance? Or was oh, it I don't like, know if it was gangs. Like I, you know, I don't. I don't warfare. really know. I don't. I can't. I was young. Yeah. I just knew. Mm. You know, I saw the police. I saw feet sticking out from under a blanket, mm. and it's like, well. You know, you just kind of knew danger. I'm like yeah. living well, in New York City. Yeah, well, growing up in New York, honey, you we'll have do to. that to you, especially you have in to. the era that you did. Yeah, you have to, because yeah. if someone, if 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 people can sense that you're someone to fuck with, then they, then you're gonna get fucked with. You're gonna and, dive right on in. And you know, and so interestingly enough, I've always liked being um, the oddball. I've always been attracted to being the oddball. Yes. Um, and so while everybody was listening to Lisa, Lisa, which I was, but I was also listening to the Clash. Oh my you know, God! And it, Duran, that's Duran. something we have to talk about. Your Musical tastes are <laughs> phenomenal, and Thank that you. always puts my little radar up. I'm like, this is a person with soul who I've got yeah, to know. Yay! Yeah, I feel the same way about you, Trip. Yeah. So you were always an outsider. Always an outsider. Such a great I was. I was in. Keep. Yeah, I was interested in new wave when people were jumping around, you know, wearing acid wash, you know, and yeah, and, and listening to right freestyle, on. which was fun. Yeah. But were I, you, you know, um, I was a Susie and the Banshee fan. You know yeah. what I mean? Like in the Bronx, Love it. Yeah. I remember getting chased in the Bronx one day because I had goth. Yeah, Puerto I was a Rican. 
Bro- in the Puerto Bronx. Rican goth oh in the Bronx. God. Oh, with my Depeche oh, Mode. MC. I, had a, I had an MC that I painted the Depeche oh Mode, God. you know, Violet or Rose in the back. And I just, love that. You know, I tried to spike my hair up, but then if yes. it would get humid, it would curl. Oh, I was right. just uh, trying, to, trying to wear my hair like Robert Smith. It totally never worked. It didn't work. didn't work. But I remember I remember going to the movie what, theater. So were you a loner then? Did that put you out? A little you bit. Like a I, had a little, I had a little crew of outsiders in my neighborhood. You know, like I didn't have a quinceañera. I had a black celebration. <gasps> oh, what? <laughs> I, that literally just said fucking chills on my spine. <laughs> Amazing! I did. Oh I God. did. My Puerto Rican mother oh, was like, "I don't understand." I just want to rewind kisses. time and get to know you back then. Yeah, How yeah, yeah. So, like, oh, I had to have black roses and a white cake and Violator. all my. Yes! yes! Oh my God! You kidding me? My oh, forget! I had a black God, celebration birthday. It has a rose, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Con rosa. Con rosas. You know, and I remember being just being like the the kid in the MC jacket with a with a big art portfolio case walking past the the drug dealers on the corner but nobody messed with me yeah, and it's so understanding. I just, this interesting dynamic about being an artist at that time it's like in the bronx if you wanted to be an artist you needed to get a wall mm. right doing murals rest in peace murals you know every time a drug dealer died you'd get they'd get a wall right so it's called the other graffiti graffiti writers and I, I was an awkward kid. Like I had half my head shaved and I ran around the MC jacket and like, you know, you know, a chewed up paratrooper boots and everybody's wearing bombers and stuff. And I'm sitting there with this, you know, punk rock jacket or right. whatever. Like, oh, you from the village, right? You be hanging out in the Ville, mm-hmm. which is what they called the village back in the day. You be in the Ville. I remember I would walk, you know, I'd walk by and would kind of like do the nod. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And then. I used to sit in my porch because we my we lived in a in a fort like a like kind of like a little brownstone kind of thing. Did Two you have stories, a patio or a, a little stoop? kind of a patio no. stoop? Mm-hmm. But my mom had it enclosed. It looked like they used to call it a Puerto Rico birdcage. So I would sit on the inside of the stoop and just kind of watch people go by. Mm. And then the aquarium. Oh, very much oh, like New York the aquarium. Is such an aquarium. Very much. Just sitting at a window in a little cafe, watching the people go by. It's yeah. never boring. Never. It? And I lived right off the Bronx River Projects, which is where like Africa Mambada got started. That whole like big mm. move, like hip hop movement, was birthed out of that. So this guy, I'm not gonna say his name. Let's call him Alex. Um, so Alex would walk by and, you know, get the nod and I'd see him. And then one day I saw this mural going up and it was, that was the spot where he would be with his boys. And I'm like, listen, let me ask you a question. I'm an artist. How come I can't get up on that wall and do the next time something happens? Like, let me know. I'll do the mural. I know how to paint. I don't know. How to, I didn't know how to do spray, but I know how to paint. And he candidly was like, I don't want anything to happen to you. Ooh. Right? Looking out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you. It's an interesting thing. Like, people may be looking out for you that you don't know. You, don't you might know. have guardian angels that you don't know you, about. You better believe it. And yeah. so I'm still pretty cool. Like, if I saw that dude right now, we'd be like, what's up? You know what I mean? And and a lot of respect because a lot of people, he lost a lot of people along the way and he changed his direction. And now he's super entrepreneurial in a different way. And I've also pursued that same interest from high school when obviously now I'm an, I'm an associate professor, right? So Amazing. it's been an interesting journey that I've I've never strayed from. Mm. A winding journey, but yeah. a journey nonetheless. So fast forward, I grabbed you in high school. I go to I go to FIT. I start. I start oh, you did I studied, FIT. Okay. I studied fashion illustration for a little while there in um, um, in, Chelsea? in New York in Chelsea. Yeah, yeah we got. I went there. Down the street I, yeah, there. it was great. I loved yeah. going to that school. That was fantastic. Mm. And then. uh I went to Hunter College for a while, then I went, mm. then I transferred to FIT. Great. And then um, I got married. Uh, my husband at the time was a DJ, DJ Buddha Bless, oh. the original Mr. Bless, the mystic. Yeah. 
you know. Right. So fast forward, mm-hmm. about 2003, I think, and I'm like, before gen- before we get gentrified out, I, there has to be at least one authentic New York Bronx, Bronx person living in those spaces. It's going to be me. And I jumped in way over my head, but I did it. And we got a 2,200 square foot space in a warehouse. And we, you know, he and I toughed it out for like a year. And then it turns out that my husband worked with Allison. Okay, art handling. Yeah, art handling. And, yeah. Wow. And that's how they met. And then he told her that he should come up. And then she ended up being our neighbor. And we were like, we were, <laughs> there was us. Like it was the two of us living in that crazy old building that was being developed totally yeah. totally right. janky and totally mm-hmm. put together and you know mm-hmm. tape and shoestrings and yeah. bizarreness and yeah i've heard so a who, lot of so electrical who, like oh, being connected things and like yeah so if <laughs> if one person was blow drying their hair in one unit the other person turned on the microwave everybody was <laughs> yes. power would just turn off all of a sudden and you hear like <laughs> you gotta go yeah. flip the <laughs> flip the switch everybody's lights will come back on and go back to normal so then I, um, you know, we would go over, they'd eat, and then our space was so big that we had an eight foot by eight foot boo- uh, a bar built inside our house <sighs> that we threw, we started, we threw rent parties. Oh, yeah. God, those parties are the funnest. Yeah, we threw rent parties. and then With your husband with my the husband, DJ, DJ and, he and Allison's music. unit next door. Yeah. You could have heaven and hell parties. Oh, yes, oh, absolutely heaven and hell parties. And so like... <sighs> So she'd bring, you know, like people go to her place and she'd break out the feather boas and it'd it'd just be crazy. Or like, you know, the parties, we did it by donation. So people come over. I had bands in my house. I had Latin jazz musicians at my house and had performance artists at the house. I had some of those. Yeah. And Allison actually performed one of her burlesque where she does. Oh, she was in burlesque. And she did one of in the boxing shorts with the, with the, with in high heels and doing all this like boxing stuff. Yes. Was that the cupcake piece? No, she did. She had done the, I think she did the cupcake around that time. Texan Trixie days? Yes, during Texan okay. Trixie days. Yeah. I'm sorry I missed yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm. And I was there oh. for a lot of that. So, mm. um, you know, sharing, cooking, you know, uh, trying to figure out how we were going to stop gentrification. Mm. Um, you know, we'd have meetings. My my unit was the biggest unit, so we'd host the meetings and stuff when people would come to my place and we'd every bring, we'd bring snacks and we'd, you know, try to think of how we're going to, you know, stop the machine from, from churning up our you know our community which it did anyway um and it was an interest it was it was the first time i ever really understood you know this idea of really sharing you know yeah you know puerto ricans we will share and stuff oh right right. yeah but this was this was different it was like hippie Mm. it was Mm -hmm. like don't don't worry about it the more the merrier and very Mm. no judgy and Mm -hmm. you know um all all misfits welcome kind of space and i was all about that um but i didn't freak flag high oh yes absolutely and And, um and i think that that's the again it was that thing of like not having to explain certain things you just you just kind of just rolled with it i wasn't misfit puerto rican uh, mm. too much of a white girl to roll with my peoples but I knew more about my people than most of the other people and it just always being I was too political to this to activist to uh, misunderstood to, yeah you know yeah. left of center always she's yeah, kept that same vibe like she's been yes she's been that's been her due north mm-hmm. and that's how a space like this happens because she practiced and been yeah. practicing yeah. and then she's like you know what screw it we're gonna go big we're gonna do this artist residency yeah and, and she's had a lot of residencies to kind of learn from other yes. experiences yes yes too. yes and this is definitely different than anything i've i've participated yeah. in isn't it mm-hmm. it's so timely right now as we sit here in the quarantine yes and everyone else 
is sitting in their own bubbles, rethinking daily life, you know, the workaholic culture we're living in, Mm -hmm. how to enjoy family in close quarters and not digitally, where our food systems are coming from, where our drugs are coming from. We're realizing how interconnected we are with other uh, countries and that big supplies of a lot of things that we use only come from one or two main companies. And if those things collapse, chains are cut off. Yeah, that collapses. We need to rethink things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's been the biggest, my biggest takeaway as an artist and as a resident of the world, aside from bringing the wrong footwear. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, girl, I cannot diss those Spice Girl boots you've got because they look fabulous. (laughs) Who cares if they've got three inch heels? Yeah, but it's hard to walk on these damn stones out <laughs> yeah, here. And it's like, like oh, the stones and the, are and the clay and this is, yeah, my I'm boots trying are flip flops. That's not working too well either. Boots are schmutzed and yeah. like the best I've, I've clobbered these Nikes that I'm wearing right now. They're, oh, they're just, I, this, th- these sneakers, it could be my quarantine. They're emitting <laughs> odors that they really shouldn't. I'll sp- spray with my little spritzer. My little poopery before. My little poopery, exactly. <laughs> So back to what we were talking about in your art. You were talking about your art and you being an artist. Is yes. there? Does your art have one major theme? Do you diversify? What is? Um, do you have a, a like a, a mission that you're yeah, out to accomplish? Yeah, or? I think the mission kind of uh, evolved, right? I think the early works that I was doing was trying to understand who I was, right? Who I am as this like left of center Puerto Rican. Who's yeah. too white what to, is your place Who's in too life? white to be black, too black to be mm-hmm. white, too yep. this to be that, to whatever, whatever, not enough of this and this whole idea of, you know, trying to identify and fit in. Actually a very gifted presence to be in if you can take the <laughs> torture, you know, because an outsider's point of view is quite exceptional if you can... If you're brave enough to withstand mm. it. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild. Like it just being you know, I use this I use this opportunity to as an artist to try to just figure it out, like just for me and then create it create work that while I'm figuring myself out could be maybe um accessible enough for someone else to see themselves in it, right? So I I created superheroes that sounded like me but didn't look like me and villains that didn't sound like me but that kinda looked like me. And my therapist was like, you know, this is your age, your ego, and your super ego. I'm like, bitch, now I can't make my We've art got anymore. Issues like, here. I got I'm issues. in business. Like, I got stuff to do. You de- just decoded all of my shit, you know? Now I can't work. As long as I was traumatized, I you was. You took my struggle you took away. took my struggle away. Oh my God, what am I going to oh do my now? God, I got to go find another struggle. God. Is it Catholic? Is it Puerto Rican? Is it female? Is it American? Is yes. it consumerism? Is it, you know, uh, superheroes I'm yeah, hearing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think all alpha female, mm-hmm. um, hyper femininity, uh, hyper sexualization of Latinas and, uh, you know, Latinx, all of those things kind of come into my work. And, and it's all, all of it is semi autobiographical, you know, mostly autobiographical. And what's happened is that now that I've gotten older, I've gotten the courage to be upfront that these are my stories that this is the stuff and you know when I was younger I was very cautious of saying that these are my stories because I didn't want to implicate like my my ex-husband or my yeah, mom or my cousin I, I didn't want to so many do stories that. to tell but you know that if you tell them and people are gonna know they're gonna know who you're talking about, talking yeah. about and kind I was, of like Anais Nen in her diaries sure yeah. sure sure so you don't want to put anybody throw anybody under the bus because it's nobody's fault it's just this is just what we are the the challenge is finding a way to make it accessible for other people so that it's not just a just 
so about your nuclear story, but that it becomes a larger conversation, right? So, for example, the the one that you the image that you saw the Pieta project inspired by the birth of my son, who is dark, who's here right now, who's here with me, and uh, and I'm very protective of him, um, and I don't I don't name him, I don't say these things because I just don't want to mention it, right? For his sake, it's not his fault that his mom makes art and is kind of in the public eye a little bit so um but because of him and because i'm light-skinned and because he's dark darker skinned my fear and contempt right for violence against brown folk was only exacerbated more because i recognize where he will not get the same opportunity or the same escape hatch that i have because of my lights my light skin privilege because of your exterior yeah because of my exterior. So I know that there's going to be things that are going to happen to him that he will he'll, will be out of his control, whether or not it's a teacher thinking that, well, did he really earn that A? Did he copy that? Because you know, you know. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that, yeah, you know, where people, right. yeah. they have this sort of, uh, they you know, this kind of... Um, pre-programmed. Pre-programmed, this, you know, narrative yeah racist narratives yeah. where they don't even know that they're being racist but you kind of just decide. and this present and administration the, is not helping that yeah you know the presumption of incompetence right mm-hmm. that where people presume that you're incompetent or that you're not oh that you're only how many people see him and like oh you're gonna put him in sports right why because he's athletic or because he's brown and athletic mm-hmm. does that only mean he can't be an astrophysicist or he can't be a doctor or a lawyer yeah. You know, is he immediately gonna you know people are already have started to like tell me how I have to farm him into sports and I will encourage his act- physical activity, but I'm not going to jam him into this into this narrative that puts young brown bodies in physical harm's way just so they can get an education. And then maybe they're barely getting that education because people are going to make money off of those kids being athletes and not give them another path, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll be damned. I'll be damned. And But that's just one aspect, you know? Mm-hmm. He was born, and you incorporate that into your yeah. So he was born. He was born in the shadow of Trayvon Martin's execution, and wow. I call it execution. He was executed. He was murdered, mm-hmm. right? Whether mm-hmm. or not what's his face was acquitted, right. fuck that. Like yeah. you know. And then and the thought that on top of Trayvon's murder, um, the press went on a rampage. You know. Oh well, Trayvon Martin was you know smoked weed, so that justifies. What happened to him? Mm-hmm. He wasn't. He didn't. He didn't have any weed on him at that moment. I don't know anybody who's high on weed that's prone to violent acts. You high. Not at you're all. High and sleepy yeah. and probably that got should the be munchies. all the more reason to stand up for him. Right. You know what I mean? It's not. He's a. He's this kid that was walking home and decided to stand up for himself. Maybe turn around and face the person who's following him. You know, unarmed, and and his vilification, vilification. in the in the media. I've heard people say, well, he deserved it because, why? Because so-and-so, you know, with extensions in her hair and eyelashes or, you know, or bleached teeth told you so on the news. That's so they mean, so that his parents don't get, mm-hmm. they, they get to watch their son get dragged on yeah. top of it. Seriously. Mm-hmm. And gets acquitted. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? And so, and so all of this has, ha- has ha- happened. I'm in the South all of a sudden with my job and, and I'm like, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, you're in Florida now. Yeah, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, shit's about to go down. And mm-hmm. then, uh, 
And then right after that, the next administration took place, which really, truly, like, devastated me as a as a mother yeah. to a brown child. Yeah, I can't and, not And just thinking about wild wild folks out, out here acting up like yeah. they think they can. It's really, really scary. And so that project, you know, I did what any normal worried parent would do. I contacted my friends at the museum and I found out if they would be willing to fund this wild project where I was going to hold 33 people for three minutes and 33 seconds. I was thinking about, you know, Mary knowing the inevitability of her son Jesus's fate mm. and not being able to stop it. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah. you know, because it th- th- happened around Easter time when I was thinking about these ideas and I'm like, wow, Mary knew her son was going to die. Right. And right. I was thinking about the sculpture that Michelangelo made in this beautiful image where dead Jesus is laid across her lap and she's not crying. She looks res- like resigned. Right. Right. Like, right. Ugh, if you look at the sculpture, thing. you look she looks. Resigned. So what is your piece? Explain so it to the those piece. Of I, 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 I uh, sit. Pietra. Pietà, Like, yeah. Pietà. Yeah. Like that's Italian for mercy. Mercy. Really. I wanted to reference that sculpture. I wanted to create a safe space for people to come and be held for three minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Three minutes, 33 seconds. Specifically, 33 people of color, of all gender identification. And I kind of look like this sort of queen mother statue Yeah, so something. you have a crown. It's very, I've got this crown very and it's Catholic. Yeah, so it's kind visuals. of shaped like, it's shaped like a halo, but it's made out of hair. It's made out of, it's made out of... have the best visuals. I'm Episcopalian, and I might oh, kind of get jealous of the Catholics. Yeah, listen, Catholics, we know how to they do it. They know how you know how to do we it. We know pompous circumstance about oh my that. God. Listen, all about it. And, I, you know, because I grew up Catholic, I'm, I do enjoy... Um, I like the imagery. I like the ceremony of, you know, of the faith. Mm. Um, if not the practices, but the ceremony themselves, right? And so I wanted to do... So the first time I did this, I did it actually at a, at a non-denominational chapel in Orlando. Um, and I had a DJ who was there doing soundscaping. So he he spun music for me that spoke of struggle, that spoke of resistance, that spoke of sorrow, uh, loss, uh, uh, resilience, um, you know, he played um, he played one, one song that I I requested that he play was that that song Zion by uh, Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. Now the joy of my world is in Zion. Right, she's talking about choosing to have this baby, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In and just and sticking with it. And my people, even though people told her not to do it, but you know, so this conversation of her with her her and her baby. Yeah. Um, and then she he plays you know music from the caveman uh, that Paul Simon caveman musical like all over the map right amazing but at the I end, love that you bring so much of the audio experience oh it's that. and it's in it's in almost everything that I do Excellent. um so you've got this music kind of swelling and kind of talking to people that have come to view this thing the spectacle. But at the end of the three minutes, these loud police sirens go off and red and blue lights start flashing. And then the person that I'm holding has to get up and leave. And the next person sits. So it's this symbolism of lives interrupted. Right. So it could be that you arrested. It could be that a parent gets that phone call or the police show up at your door or, you know, whatever that case is. Right. I'm but sure parents of teens can totally understand oh, that. Gosh, like, I, that's what's. Con- oh, my God. You know, like that's geez, around the corner. Child shush. Mm-hmm. Oh, you no, know, I've seen. Oh, it a lot. my God. And so, um, you know, just thinking about that. And how so life interrupted life and in, life interrupted. And then so you kind of represent comfort and solace and escape and um, yeah, so and for, times of in trying times. Yeah. And so it basically 
the big thing about that piece, the most important thing about that piece is the fact that brown folks don't feel like they are allowed to grieve, that they're, that they're even their grieving process is measured, right? So if I'm a Puerto Rican in Orlando and Eric Garner gets strangled, I can't feel bad for very long because he deserved it because he was selling cigarettes. No, that's wrong. That's excessive force and that's wrong. Well, why are you mad? You're not black. I'm not. Are you judging my blackness by the fairness of my skin? Do you know my lineage? Do but you why know? does it even take black to be angry at something like that? Like so many people don't understand selflessness. It's not because it has anything to do with me. It's because I care about our culture at large. Right. We can't let things like this happen on a broad scale because right. I have standards that I would like, you know, people to live by, right. you know, just like it's a communal thing. We're all in this together, honey, whether you like it or not. If the ship sinks, we're all going down. Right. So why not try to make it, you know, a, a better experience for all of us while we're here? Right. You know, it's like. And so the thing, the thing, though, like the fact that brown folks feel like they're policed when they're grieving exacerbates the what has happened right so i didn't know eric garner's family personally i didn't know you know philando castillo but i that could have been my brother that could have been your brother your cousin that could have been my sister-in-law that could have been any one of our people and so that happened that's a it's a shot to the community because that gets closer and closer and closer to your home right right i grew up in new york city during stop and frisk because yeah. I'm light skinned, I never got stopped in frisk because I was a light skinned one. Oh, like, so I'm a light skinned girl that was running around dressed like a punk when everybody else was in baggy sweaters and, you know, hoodies and stuff. Hmm. So I was not. Targeted. So you got away with it. I got it a away with it a little so bit. And I, it, not have. that I was ever doing anything anyway. Yeah. I was super straight laced in the sense that I wasn't smoking or, you know, transporting or selling or anything. Hmm. But I was in I was in the same neighborhood. I could have been running stuff if I wanted to. I didn't. I was more scared of my mother than any cop. Yeah. Um, but um, but I know what happens to people. I know how how your morale as a community gets eroded because you're being picked at over and On over just because you look a certain way. You yeah. can't wear braids. You can't do this. Your earrings are too big. Your hoops are too, what do you call it? Your jeans are too tight. You're, you know, you're too brown. You're too sexy. You're too thug. You're too, you're too macho. You're too everything. And all of those p things put you in the radar of someone in the scope of someone who wants to take you down you look like a perp you look like a suspect mm. and so i know what that does to a community and it does erode your your trust yeah and um you know the other day we're driving and someone was like hey why don't you ask the cops i'm like i'm not asking no cops in directions you mm. know what i mean here in texas here in texas here and anywhere yeah you know not yeah. i know i could listen i'm a middle-aged woman with bleach blonde hair and whatever i have my accent my accent my accent is that thick as shit. That unmistakable accent. But if I need to, I can put it away. Oh, really? If I must. Oh, oh. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. I do declare. I declare. <laughs> you know, I can't clutch my pearls like that. But but do you understand? Like, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah, I code do. switching. Yeah, I, I hear oh, black again. people say that, you know, they're, you know, this is us talking around white people but then there's a whole different way of speaking when we're around each other and of course and you know like, i grew yeah. up in a girls club of america because my mom started it as a kid so i grew up around all that and so a lot i'm kind of a little bit naive in that in that department because i grew up with so many brown mostly women 
around me, you know, some Spanish, some black, some, you know, but just different. So I kind of grew up not seeing that. So Because it's part of your immediate yeah. surroundings. And like, I am a, I have a white male facade, even though I'm gay as shit. You wouldn't right. know it talking to me, you know. Yeah. So I've gotten a lot of, you know, whatever they call it now. Where privileges and Privileges, perks. yeah. Perks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Privilege. <laughs> the That's the new word. Privilege. Right. White male privilege. Blah, blah, blah. That it is, though. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm gay, but I don't have that vehicle that says I'm gay, right. you know, like, right. so, and you don't have that vehicle, you know, you're light skinned. So it's a little bit different with yeah. the vehicles we were given. Yeah, yeah exactly. With the meat that hangs from our bones. Right. You know, and, and so there, so there's a, re- there's a reason why I don't try to push my accent back. Maybe there's a reason why I have the stance that I have. Love it. Um, because you're representing a holla <laughs> what? all day um and it's interesting because that that comes in that comes out in the work it comes mm. out in the work I, I, it comes out in the stuff that i do with this with my students at the at the university um you know and then you asked me to go back to the original question about the thread that runs through all my work so i guess social justice for lack of a better term mm-hmm. but it really is about trying to figure out who I am and then who we are and how do we navigate the anxieties that plague us. Right. Um, I had this moment when I, when I realized that my early work was direct response to my immediate surroundings of being in New York. So it was always external stimulus. And when I moved to Florida, I, um, I realized that a lot of the stimulus was gone. I'm not exposed to the train. I'm not Take exposed to... Take a lot to, for granted, huh? You know, I'm not exposed to people on top of you all the time on the subway, in the supermarket. Someone try to hustle you to, yo, listen, you need me. You, I can help you carry your, your bags, you know what I'm saying? But then, you know, my, but I got to go back to Brooklyn and my baby, you know, she needs milk and I'm here in the Bronx. Can you hook me up? Like this, the constant hustle, people mm-hmm. always trying to run game on you. And yep. I didn't have that all of a sudden. I have a car and a carport and I don't have to run outside for wow. alternate side parking. And, what a change. And, it was massive. I didn't have to debate, do I buy art supplies or do I buy groceries? Yeah, being I'm an tired. artist is like fighting on the front lines. All gorilla. the time, and, you know? Wow. And that was with a master's degree from Rutgers. Yeah, and I was like, I'm tired. Like, I'm tired. Hmm. And I didn't have health insurance, and I never had yeah. health insurance as, as an adult. And it's like, you know what? This is, I'm done. I was 35 <sighs> when I was started living on my own without without another partner. And uh, and then back in New York City and just trying to hustle. And I was like, I'm, I'm not doing that. So I would have, I preferred to work as much as I did and try to squeeze out art after, whenever, with whatever was left. Hmm. And then this job came along. And then all of a sudden, I had a three-bedroom house. Really? Well, after the first... In the first, Florida with the a first, car and a the, carport. Yeah, that's a huge Was change. that your first time away from New York City? Yes. Oh my God, are you kidding me, Wanda? How did that go? Like swimmingly. Did it? I took to it like a duck to water. I was done. I was done with New York. Uh, you I were ready done. for that. Yeah. Like people kept asking me, well, why aren't you afraid to go to Florida? I was like, I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me if I stay. Really? You know, I'm going to be a 45-year-old cocktail waitress with a degree from Rutgers. Like that can't happen. I was an assistant professor right. on a tenure track. An assistant back then, not associate. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. You have to do that. That's a whole promotion right, track you gotta thing. like go you've got to run the gauntlet right um my first couple of years living in florida was fun teaching was unusual because i didn't i didn't understand you know university dynamic i had a, for a couple of bumpy years 
But once I got the hang of it, honey, we'll uh, look, honey, look, the listen. New York and you oh, yeah, came let's, out. Let's, let's hit it. Let's do this. Let's go. We adapt fast. That's right. It took me. It took me a while to understand. And I think there was, there was the big factor was becoming a late in life mom. And listen, failure is not an option. Being a forty five year old former professor with a with a newborn trying to get a job at Chi Chi's or or at you know some random restaurant uh, applying for the job and as a as a as an art professor kind of felt like I was giving up or like I was quitting New York City is a lover that plays you dirty and takes all your money <laughs> Ooh, yeah. and gets and gets mad and and just when you're ready to walk out does something amazing shows you this incredible sunset you right. know sunset party that you got VIP tickets yes. for and you end up, you end up having free that cocktails, say, and this you're like, is "This is why, why I'm here. This is why I'm here." And then you end up, you know, your car gets towed at three in the morning, and you drop like five hundred dollars to get the shit back, and then, yeah. and then, you know, on the then, weekend, on the weekend, <laughs> and you can't find it because it's in the pound in Long right. Island, and you're in the Bronx, and you got to have the shit towed <sighs> Too back many times. And then you, you get you get beat up by the taxes, and oh, you God, and it costs you fucking and, taxes, and your landlord all of a sudden, sh- you know, flips the script on what your rent increase is going to be like landlords and, are crazy and then just when you're like you know what? i'm not taking a fifth job someone invites you to the moma vip party where you're sitting there you know rubbing shoulders with some famous people i've got pictures of with amazing people i've got mm. pictures with judith light where else right in new york city and i'm like this is dope but yeah. then you know so it's this narcissistic awful lover and then new york city is vegas it's the actual slot machines right mm. like you're in there there are oh, no clocks the, yeah throwing there's, the dice there's no clocks you gotta gamble but the house always wins but you're getting beaten up in the entire and process and you're losing oh but i won 500 but you just lost five thousand dollars to win 500 you didn't win shit you're out you're down 40 you know forty five hundred dollars and it's like when i was in it i felt like i couldn't leave the table you know like i was down with my money but i've still like at least i'm at the table and and it was like, no, cash your chips. You actually have plenty. You've got New York cred. Yeah. You've got a lot of strong exhibitions, you know, national and international stuff already under your belt. You have a degree with honors from a major institution. Several. It's time to push away from the table. Yeah. You've got chips now. If you stay, you're going to collapse. Right. Use them while you got them. Use em. them while you got them. And I didn't realize that I had chips. Because all you're looking at is how come I'm not in the Whitney Biennial right now? How come I'm not in, mm-hmm. you know, at the in X and Y collection right now? And so, you know, if you're not willing to trade some of those things, like I wasn't going to give up my Thursday night shifts at the restaurant so that I could be with all the pretty gang. Yeah. You know, so I'm the person that goes to that goes to Atlantic City or, and doesn't and then then, you know, plays a couple of ball games of skee ball and then uses the rest of the quarters to go do laundry. I don't. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'm down for the hustle. Yeah, but I'm not for I'm not really for rolling the the, day, the the dice like that. I would go back if I could maintain the lifestyle that I've created, which means no alternate side parking. Oh, honey, I can, good you know luck I mean? with that. It ain't gonna happen. So I feel like I'm I'm one of the elders now. I can yeah. say that. Agreed. I can sit back and be like, no, Agreed. you come to me. Yeah. So we should probably ask you how you how the whole habitable spaces artists and residents experience came about and. And what it's been like for you? So I, um, I've known about the residency for a long time, um, and I don't think that I was I had the courage to ask to come, um, or the time to come. Right. So I was awarded a sabbatical right after getting tenured, 
So it's a year long sabbatical to concentrate on research. Oh, so this is part of so your this sabbatical. is part of my sabbatical. Oh, nice. Yeah. So when I when I heard about the sabbatical, I was like, okay, I'm gonna submit the application. I'm gonna reach out to Allison and see if she'll have me. And uh, and then she said, absolutely. You know, sure. Um, and then I was like, okay, well now I have to think of what to do. Something that's community based um, here out in Texas. And so I was particularly uh, nervous about coming with a preconceived notion about what I wanted to do, right? Because this is not my community. I don't know folks here. Oh, I that's can't, an interesting I quandary. Can't. Like, um, I don't really know the community I'm supposed to be working yeah, with. I have, yeah, I don't know Texan. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know Texans. I don't know Tejanos. I don't know, you know, I, and I can't come here. Like, who the hell am I? Is this Puerto Rican chick? You know, New York transplant professor, you know, swaggering in. I'm mm. not going to be the great spit hope. You know what I mean? I, mm. I'm, I need to come. I need to come humble and quiet and listen. And so I got here poorly equipped with the wrong boots. <laughs> I've got cute <laughs> sweaters. Trip, I'm going to show you the cute sweaters that I bought to wear out here. And I've only worn them to say to look have cute to, We're going to have to have a, 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 a l- quarantine fashion show listen, before you leave. I came out here looking cute <laughs> and I had to go to the secondhand store to get bummy clothes just to come out and wear I heard, yeah, the Dutch were, uh, volunteer farmers were saying that as well. We They're did. Like, that. Oh, we, to, we didn't realize. Okay. We're going to get dirty up in here. Mm-hmm. Like, so step Time one. Time to get the nails dirty, Time, honey. My, yeah, I, I just now get the guinea head blood out of my nails from a couple of you days ago. You didn't come to the farm yesterday. Ooh, what? <laughs> Very. I had a clump of about an inch of mud stuck on my cute little urban sneakers because <laughs> I forgot to bring boots. Oh, God. How do we get oh, God. Well, Look. what was your pitch to Allison for how to get, what was your angle or perspective? What were you, what did you tell her you I were going to bring to the I farm? I was thinking I wanted to do something similar to the Pieta project because I was interested in uh you know and i still am interested in the border issues that and the separations of families Mm. but kids in cages kids in cages but a other artists have done variations of that so i didn't want it to have to have a derivative work um but i also didn't want to come here thinking that i knew what was going on um and so we left it open and fluid so that the time that i was going to be here was to, to develop relationships with people and so i ended up uh, I was introduced to the executive director, uh, Ivan de la Rosa, from uh, Teatro de Artes de Seguin, right, um, in the neighboring town outside of Kingsbury. And so she's a native Seguin resident. And so she gave me a tour of Seguin that was mind-blowing. Really? Yeah, no, no. And she's so knowledgeable. Of it. But, you know, interesting, you know, learning about how the, the, the town was so segregated. The That's blacks amazing. the blacks were segregated from the Mexicanos. The blacks had their own school In and their Seguin. own pool. The Mexicanos had their own school, their own pool, their really? own church, and how that made a big, how where the churches were had a big impact, too. Um, hmm. And Yeah, churches me, had so much to do with our culture not oh yeah too long ago oh yeah and so i just driving through town like i would ask you know shane and allison but they didn't really know that much about it they wanted to, to forge a relationship with teatro and i guess i became the conduit right and all of a sudden it dawned on me that both institutions habitable and teatro are places of safe passage right um they're both interested in uh, creating safe space for people to kind of just be. Teatro Which is, is a, your thing with... With is my thing too. Yeah. And so uh, I realized that oh, what I what I wanted to do in community, once we're out of quarantine, to get a community members to participate, to build individual like quilt squares on muslin 
and create these long tarps held up on posts to create sun shelter for the kids mm. so that they can when wherever we do the performance whether it's here on the grounds of habitable or down t- in downtown kingsbury where the elders create literally create shelter for the young people oh my god that just isn't chills you know? i love that so like this is our job like is the to umbrella create, the like to create these cradle. ma- these cradles these umbrella spaces in the heat Ooh. in the heat and the sun of of, of texas texas which is hot. that it's our job to protect the children that's great passage that talks about the intergenerational mm-hmm. and lack of selfishness handing off your culture your planet your knowledge to the children after you which so many people are forgetting right yeah you know exactly that and i think you know again all of my the once my son was born the 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 my work changed right it was it's and and him his presence in my life has got me thinking about how i need to work for something bigger than me you know his life his planet his this his friends all the little children, once, you know, when I die, it's a wrap for me, but what about them? What I do know is that I can, I can, I can give you my solidarity, right? From the East Coast to the West Coast. Teatro, the folks from Teatro have 37 years diligently serving the children of Seguin and the families of Seguin to give them pride in their heritage, right? Where it's not just... You know, you do a presentation of baile folklorico in the school auditorium, but the kids have no anchor for it. They participate. They know what it is. This is their own pride. You can be American and be Tejano. You can be American and be Mexicano. You don't have to choose, right? Yeah. Um, That's the strength of America. You can be Americano, Tejano, Mexicano, and queer and don't have to choose any one of those things. You can be all of those things, everything folded. It's your strength. It's our strength. And that's what we're supposed to be, you know, as this American melting pot. It's not about diluting or dissolving, you know, any one thing and absorbing of this greater idea, but that you can be all of the things and still be whole, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I can offer is this opportunity for habitable spaces to connect with them, for them to connect with habitable spaces. So now they have this opportunity to meet with people that understand sustainability, that can teach kids. You know what? If the world falls apart tomorrow, and it couldn't have happened at a better time, you got yeah, a quarantine, you got kids, you got kids like, wait, what do you mean make your own soap? I don't know what you're talking about. What, yes. do, you, what, do, you, what do you mean slaughter a chicken or slaughter a, a guinea fowl? I don't know what you're talking about. Chicken comes from the store. No, yeah. chicken comes, the eggs, you hatch the bird. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, this is the way it was. Yeah. This We've is come, how crops are grown. Yeah. This is how seasons work. Yeah. This you is don't, how the soil. Yeah. Is, you know. Tortillas don't just show up no, in the bag. No. You have to go get to grow the corn, grind the corn, yeah. this, that, and so like. And that knowledge has only been gone for a couple of generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But see how quickly, like, you know, the, if this is not an opportunity to go back to basics, I don't know what is. And so. Yeah. We need to reconnect. Yeah. And so, so this has ways. been a huge, this is, that has been the biggest impact that Habitable Spaces has had on me. Where. Great. Uh, you know, I'm a city slicker. My mom grew up in in the mountains, in Puerto Rico, and working in the working the ground and collecting eggs and you know, uh, plucking feathers for dinner, um, with respect to the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did the not animals get, that they nurture and the respect that they nurture to give. To give yeah, this, yeah, yeah. It's so, a process when you're in touch with the animals. Oh that yes, you're and uh, and to 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 be here solidified my desire to get back to a more holistic 
way of doing things and not just getting my organics from Whole Foods, which to me is fucking stupid. Sorry, Whole Foods. But if you clear out a field of green trees to make a shopping mall, to build a Whole Foods so you can get your organic produce instead of having a big garden with farmers. Clear out all the swamp habitat for that parking lot. Yeah, clear out all the swamps and you wonder why an alligator's in your backyard because you took their house. You gentrified the fucking forest, you asshole. Like, you know. Took out all of their home. Yeah, and you want to go buy your organic shit, you you go to Whole Foods. We should have gardens. Yes, absolutely. It's not that difficult. Permaculture. We should have absolutely have permaculture. We mm-hmm. should be teaching our young people this is how things grow. Absolutely. Think lollipops don't grow off trees. No, you know what I mean? Not. Apples grow on trees. Uh, yeah. Bananas mm-hmm. grow on trees. We have, right. Florida has wonderful soil for growing things. We yeah. should be doing more of that and not waiting for another sprouts to open in yeah. our neighborhood. A lot of our or, produce comes from Florida. Or demanding that Walmart bring organic produce. We can demand that, but we're still feeding the machine. We mm-hmm. should be growing our own shit. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know how to do that. I still don't know how to do that. But I've but my hands have gotten dirty enough. What I'm did re- you just do with the guinea hen yesterday? Oh. <laughs> I missed that whole experience, oh, honey, but I oh, saw the pictures. And the blood, so much blood. Oh, oh what? So what was the process? What happened? What, what did they do? What did you do? What did they do? They what? harassed the shit out of me. That's what they <laughs> guinea did. Guinea hens, I saw The they, guinea hen they're gang. They're so gangsta. They there sure are five but of them. I got to wow, tell you, they're, they're calm cool. now. Yeah, there are only a couple of aggressive ones, right? And there's something about the male female yeah. dynamic or having I think too there were much too of many, one too thing. Many males. You've got to kind of keep the balance right. It's the same yeah. thing with the chickens. They can get really out of control if you don't kind of keep that balance right. Yeah. I'm learning this being on the farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there were too many males. And I think that they felt anybody that could even get close to their females, they had to attack. Okay, so um, they were being protective. Yeah, and they certainly certainly attacked my my kid. But I they want... would come after you even sure. if you were staying away. Yeah, you might they came up and pecked my ankle. I'm like, bitch. Yeah. Uh, I was not doing anything to deserve Bitches this. Bitches squared up on me a few times. <laughs> I like... kicked one in the chest. Like I was like, that. I saw you. You kind of taught me how to look big, you know, get that peacock look. <laughs> big ass, if big you do, feather. They'll kind of back off. They'll back but, off, but they God, came after you my run, son. Man, forget about they put, it. My poor I child. He ran. <gasps> that the, poor child. I thought they were terrorized. trying to play with him. I'm like, oh no, they're just trying to play. You're like, like no, no, no then, they are nah, not. Uh-uh, I've been here a month. Those motherfuckers are crazy. <laughs> um. <laughs> And so Allison and Shane and we kind of talked about the situation and we're like, well, we have to get rid of the two extra males um, because two have clearly paired off. And so there's two that seem to be outcast and they might be mm. setting the balance and they make for life. So we have And they're to get very rid of valuable them. to the farm. I don't know if you knew, but they keep the fleas, the ticks, the, these um, vampire bugs, also called uh, kissing bugs. They came up from Mexico. They're invasive. They are attracted to the carbon dioxide. Oh. So they, and they'll get on your mouth. Oh, and hell like, no. And bite it at nighttime when you're sleeping. So they're, yeah. they are serving yeah, no, they have, a major they have a purpose job. here on the farm. And they they're also good watchdogs. They, they won't sure alert are. you when invaders come in. And Yeah, they're loud, but yeah. they were they were getting increasingly aggressive over the months that I've been here. You are a changed person. I am. Amazing. I am. We're gonna. Huh. We have a beautiful backyard in our house, and I think, I think it's time to start tilling. Like, get rid of all the grass. I think we need to. Like, I need to grow my vegetables. Yeah. it's gonna it's be hard, hard to go. Work, girl. That's the thing. Is it's like it's. You know what else is awful though? Like trying to reverse our damage on the. Planet. I know. I know. That's I hard know, work. I, know, I, I, know, I, I know, You know. Yes. I. This I'm, will be good for your son too. I'm that person who buys the salad in a bag. 
You yeah, know what I mean? I know. Because it's I'm easy so to do. guilty for that. You're just talking I've, about the Subway restaurant, and I I frequent that all the time because do, it's, it's, it's healthier it's, fast food. It's, you, know? you know, I do that, and I'm like, you know, every time I buy one of those bags, yeah, I, there's three packages inside. So now I'm creating <sighs> all plastic, this plastic, 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 wrapping, plastic wrapping, wrapping, packaging, where the packaging. Cro- croutons. Right, you Crazy. want cheese, make your own cheese. Yeah. You want this and earn yeah. it, yeah, sweat yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You won't. Let me tell you something. Yeah, I. I have I I don't think the scale works right because I can't have possibly have lost nine pounds as I've been here. Um, well, wow! I don't think no, I don't but think you're that's eating possible, healthy. No, but I also I'm eating whatever's here, right? So mm. if you want bread, you have to make it, which mm-hmm. means you're not eating bread as soon as you want it. You have to set it up 24 hours before and wait for it, and then you're mm. sharing it, and you're yeah. you know you're not a being a glutton. Thing. You're not being glutton. Yeah, so you want true. eggs. You don't make when you, when there other people are sharing the meal. You kind of like you're like you oh, fall well, back I need a little bit a little bit more for everyone else. It's and, you know, and you eat your greens. Yeah. And, and you do eat your greens and you appreciate it a little more. Yeah, because your like, ass was in the soil yeah. digging out weeds. And, like, I found a couple of snakes, a couple of scorpions. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, or, it's fascinating seeing the interconnectivity. And the, the chicken shit is really rich for soil and for certain plants. And even, you know, the toilets here are composting. That's right. a whole learning curve. I mean, you got the toilet with the urine separator. Right, but I still... You're listen, up there in the prince's listen, tower, Listen, but I darling. still miss my target and so I, I end I up know, with I a know, bucket, a bucket full of pee and poop and I'm like, oh, it's so swishy. Oh my God. I ah, I do. Um, I have gone to the outhouse a few times. I haven't done number two there because I'm still too, too chicken to <laughs> yeah, do that's it. That's a big step. That's a big step. Maybe my next visit I'll be like Wanda oh don't be a baby. It's hilarious. But I have I've You a are a changed person I because am. of your habitable spaces experience. I, I love hearing that because I am right there with you. It's amazing. I can but poop I in a bucket now. I love Target. Right. Sorry. Listen, I do. I love me some, some Target too but I, I, I think that if Actually, my husband and I had been talking about going on an RV trip, and I was always like worried about being out there in the world and just in a thing and wearing the same clothes and being stinky. I haven't shaved my legs or my armpits since I got here. I hey. look like I went from what's up, Harry? Listen, I went from country to country real <laughs> quick. I love it. How much fun has it been talking to you and living with oh. you and getting to know you and hearing your stories from New York to Florida to um, the, country, sp- Texas. the country, Texas, country, country, uh, thank chicken, you so much. guinea plucking. Yes. Oh, oh, I had God. blood in my nails for days. Oh, got your nails oh, dirty, girl. I did. And I can't wait to see what happens with your experience here and yeah. how are you going to take it on the road? Yes, CBD? I got to Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to come back and do some community workshops and get those tarps ready for the for the kids All to right. perform. I cannot wait. It's Big trip. Kisses. It's been wonderful. What Yay. a great interview. It's one of the most Isn't fun interviews I've ever had. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. being one of my first. Yay! All right. All right. Bye everybody. Woo! Hey y'all. Hope you enjoyed my first interview with artist in residence, Magic Wanda. Wanda's follow through on social media after leaving the farm was so impressive. I decided to interview her a second time, one year later. This time around, we were on a Zoom call, of course, the new post-pan norm. We chat about all the drastic changes we've experienced over the course of a year and how the farm experience has affected us. Enjoy. I can catch the moon with my hand. Don't you know who I am? Remember my name. Remember, remember, remember. Oh my God, I can't believe you went to the fame (laughs) high school. It's amazing. Wanda, I'm calling you Magic Wanda. 
Magic Wanda. Yeah, I love it. Raimundo Ortiz. Raimundi, Raimundi. Raimundi, Raimundi. Ortiz. Oh my God, I made the same That's mistake so. on our interview. That's so funny. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. You wouldn't believe my setup here. It's so funny, but so much has happened in the time that we recorded our interview. Hey, you did such a beautiful follow-up after you took all the stuff that you learned from the farm and took it with you there to Florida and you were posting on your social media about having a garden and all the stuff you learn and I thought it would be kind of cool to interject a then and now type thing on your interview coming out so I'll kind of figure out how to edit this into the mix. The most bizarre part to me was the timing because everything that you do in your performances and everything you've been about has been a, was about everything that happened in Black Lives Matter, you know, which happened after our interview. Do you remember how long after that was? I can't remember. You and I did our interview in March because I left in March. So it was uh, basically a year ago it was to March. this month. It was March. Yeah, a year ago. When George Floyd was murdered, that was, yeah, that was in, I guess, I want to say May. I don't know why the date is flying out of my head right now. Yeah. And, you know, Breonna Taylor had already been murdered and the, you know, I'm an Aubrey, like just all these crazy things were happening. And it's just like, Whoa. you know, it was the match. Yeah. That lit the tinderbox. Just you know I mean? bizarrely. Yeah. And yeah. so every, and that <laughs> happened after you got home from the, the, the. Oh yeah. Like I came home and I couldn't find toilet paper. Wanda before Habitable mm -hmm. would have been one of those people scrambling for toilet paper. Yes. Wanda at, after Habitable was like, if you got t-shirts, you got rags. If you got rags, you can wash your ass. Right on. Love it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and you took and it with so, you like hardcore because I remember your post. You're like, okay, we've got to think about this, people. We've got a lot to think yeah. about. Like you, it seemed like you had learned a lot. You went back, you started gardening. You took out some yeah. of your grass and you got really motivated. It was amazing to watch your follow-up more than anyone else I've ever seen pass and through here. That that experience happened when it had to happen, when it needed to happen, right? Mm. I showed up to plat to 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 habitable, platinum blonde, <laughs> no idea what shoes to wear. Spice girl um, shoes. <laughs> Spice girl boots. <laughs> Spice girl boots. <laughs> oh my god, that was hilarious. And I came out like a a guinea fowl plucking. You know, yeah, because those guineas were aggressive. I remember you telling me, and I thought I, I, I remember saying they're just playing because you said they were picking on your son, and I'm like, no, they're just, you know, they're just being birds and they're just playing. But no, they were really like on the attack. It, it was because there was a too, yeah. too many males in the pack, or there was a bad chemistry, or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like listen, this girl. There's one thing I know is aggro, whether it's an animal. Or somebody on the sixth train. I know aggressive, and so <laughs> but it's just really wild that that that's who showed up to habitable. Like this mm. woman, like closer to fifty than forty, never really spent any kind of time on a hardcore farm, huh. um, and and then like a radical space, right? Where like with a lot of radical ideas, or so I thought. But then when you come back, and the world's aflame. Yeah. And everything that I had been afraid of or rather not afraid of, we wary of, 
was happening. Like I said, the tinderbox, right? Yeah. You've got a crazy administration. You've got yeah. great people being gaslit. You've got mm. mistrust being um, really, really sown among neighbors and people yeah. that would have been nice to each other all of a sudden, like camp, you know, camps are being created and lines are being drawn. Yeah. Um, Division, mistrust, propaganda. Yes. All of that. It was wild to me to see to see all of these things happening, like listening to them on NPR at the farm and then coming home and being like, oh, oh my God, it's on. And, and, you know, I was armed with knowing what it's like to go to the pantry and be like, all right, you know what? We got dry beans. We got dry this, we got this, this Wait, There's stuff in the, what's in the ground. What can we eat? That's ready. Go grab that, go clean this, go set that, make your bread. And it was just, crazy that I I never had that kind of training before ever and Mm -hmm. it reminded me of the thing that I crave that romanticism that I crave with being Puerto Rican and having a mother who was raised in in the mountains raised off the land yeah and then um but she ain't trying to get in the soul no more she's like no (laughs) you know what I mean and so there's and there's like old there's a different wisdom there right it's the it's the wisdom that we've come so far from because of industrialization, right? We don't, it's ancestral knowledge. Like we don't, we don't, we don't know how to listen to the earth. Yes. And I think that's a big part of, uh, of the pandemic is we've become separated from the earth and our food and each other, you know, we become disconnected and I, Call me superstitious, but I think that's a big part of where all this pandemic came from. You know, we're destroying habitat. We don't know where our food is coming from. And now we've got this ship stuck in the Suez Canal and half the world's transportation systems are thrown off. I mean, this could be a major world happening. Um, So a lot of what we... Yeah, it is. So you got home and you, um, I saw that you did a few gardens, you created your gardens, but later on we found out that it's not, it's not that easy. You don't just hop in and do it. It takes knowing when to plant the seeds in hot environments like Texas and Florida where you are. You have to know when to plant. You have to know how the soil is, when to water, how much to water, Shade, oh sun, God. all the that. Bugs. The yeah, bugs. I the bugs. Know, I didn't know. I didn't know that. You know, you see, you see um, butterflies and you see moths, but you don't realize that those they got to eat something, right? And so they're they're all up in your in your vines. They're all up everywhere. And I'm like, oh, it's organic, organic. <laughs> and then OMG, right? And so, huh. this, so I think the biggest my biggest takeaway was how. Gardening showed me how, like, I'm like, well, I've got soil, I've got water, I've got sun. What could go wrong? Well, child, let me tell you. You know what I mean? Um, and um, now I, you know, it's funny because I started, I started gardening again, but this time I put stuff, I put stuff in the ground around the time that I would have been leaving for habitable, like last year. So almost like at the anniversary of my departure, but mm. it was better time. Um, I was really heartbroken that every because I broke. I came back so excited and so enthusiastic, and so ready to take on the machine. Yeah. And when I was bested by caterpillars uh. and bested by mildew, I'm like, you mother. 
Wow. Like, like, how is it? Like, I'm an intelligent woman. I came back and I'm not, I'm not going to be part of the machine. I'm going to be part of the solution. I'm going to be on the other side of this. And the the caterpillar is like, well, mm. <laughs> you might want to think <laughs> twice about that. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, that's a and, lesson, um, huh? What do you get? Yeah. So you've got to learn these things and learn how to remedy mm-hmm. and, where do you go? What do you do? Do you talk to people? Do you talk to your gardening store, or do you just play it by ear and hope you do it right this time? Yeah, like I just yeah. So I I started like yeah I started reading up on stuff. I started joining like you know permaculture chat groups, which also got a little a little extra radical for me. I'm like, look, I just got these bugs. I'm y'all are talking some whole other stuff. Just, Slow your roll. I'm just like, look, okay. I just need these to stop dying right. on me. But it hmm. became this. Like, as I'm sitting here, hoping that the world doesn't burn too, too terribly, but also thinking, like, sometimes you got to break the machine. Hmm. Um, Watching people be vilified, watching white supremacy in its death throes, right? Watching brown people demand the next level of respect, right? Watching people say, well, all lives matter, and feeling like like that's a very radical statement. And it's like, well, honey if we're watching executions on television hmm. and people still are not getting the justice after yeah. we, you saw it, I saw it. We all saw it. And you still going to blame that man. You still, it's still okay for you to vilify someone that yeah. was, that was murdered and calling out for their mother. Yeah. Right? right. You still are going to be like, well, he got high. So what? And if you, and if you got drunk or something and something like this happened to you, would you want, would you want your, your grandchildren or your mother's or daughter to hear somebody talk like that about you too right. and not get you to get you justice for the for the way you die. Yeah. When 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 black lives really matter, then all lives matter. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow, we've got we've got a lot of rethinking to do here. Yeah. And 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 so, you know, I just think it's really interesting when you have two or more, right? You have people that really believe they're right, right? Mm. And those powers clash. Mm. I'm not gonna not say that black lives don't matter. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand. They do absolutely. Like I'm in that camp. They have to matter, right? And so, yeah. I, and so I believe this in my heart. And there are some people out there that really believe that folks like me are crazy for saying this, and so they're gonna stand behind their their um their banner and they're going to jump and they're going to scream and they feel emboldened and they're going to do whatever. Hmm. And so that pressure cooker, you put two things together mm-hmm. like that is going to explode. Right. Yeah. And, and the people that have been in power for so long are not listening. They're not listening. And I feel so like you don't think that the, that the, the whole BLM thing had an impact. Like what is your, take on the after effects of all this well i well i think that it's you know when you watch when you watch people storm the capitol people breaking the window of a target is Mm. a crime Hmm. yeah you know what that is yeah exactly i'm saying like oh so so you so you're mad at people who witness people that look like them getting murdered on the street they're tired of it and people spazzed out. They went and they broke windows, right? Mm. Target has insurance, mm-hmm. right? Target has insurance. That's going to get covered. Some other, like, and I'm not advocating for violence, but I am saying I understand anger, right? Mm-hmm. And the people that stormed the Capitol, they were angry too. 
they were gaslit, they were angry, and they did what they did. Yeah. I'm not justifying that either, but I think it's I think it's interesting how some people will absolutely justify the storming of the Capitol and and, and in the same breath not not acknowledge that death after death after death after death after death in the news that go unanswered. That doesn't that doesn't breed a certain kind of contempt, right? Are you hopeful about any part of this right now? Like are you seeing cracks of light coming through perhaps where there wasn't before or are people are people's thinking being rearranged cuz it's um, been a whole confluence of events do you think that anywhere in this mix we might have some kind of enlightenment happen on a mass scale at all um i think that our young people are what needs to be uh cultivated you know, folks in our age bracket and older, our minds are set yeah. on both sides, right? right. Um, but the young people, they're the ones that it doesn't seem so crazy to honor someone's honor someone's gender or their pronoun preference without blinking, right? It doesn't bother them to 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 speak up on behalf of a brown person in a situation right like yeah that's the that's that's the demographic that i'm really hopeful for this is me being a white male but i i really i'm sensing change and or i'm sensing some minds being more conscious of things that they weren't before all of this stuff happened that's and i can give you i can give you an example on my interview and i'm kind of poo-pooed the word i don't know if you remember white privilege because i was basically saying i'm having difficulties keeping up with all the new lingo and stuff like this being the old person that i am my brain can't store all this information and i was like you know what i guess they're calling it white privilege or whatever you know blah and i said blah blah and I thought about taking that out, but I was I, I was thinking to myself, you know, I should leave that in and just let it, you know, let it stand. Because since that interview, the words white privilege to me, I'm like, I, yes, I am white privilege and I need to own that. And I didn't really think twice. Or, I did think about it before, but I need to really take accountability for being the white male that I am and having been given all of the privilege that I've been given. And I didn't really think about it as much so back when we interviewed. I did, but not to the extent that I have a year later after all this stuff hit. And now that I go back and I listen to our interview, which is about to air uh, Tuesday, it makes me cringe to hear me saying blah, blah after the words white privilege. This is real. And yes, I am a part of it. And yes, I need to take responsibility for my role in this. Yeah, so that is that change, right? Where people may after witnessing what they've seen um are, i'm hoping that at the very least everything that has happened will make folks pause yeah. right what has also happened is for every person who will take a, a take a, a take a beat and a step and be like a step back and be like oh wait let me let me assess mm -hmm. there's those people that are like you know what you know what Blah, 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 10 times harder that will double down yeah. and say that you're being you're being a, a pansy or this or a snowflake or mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like really, really double down. I don't know if I could turn, I can, I, I could try to use up my vital life energy mm -hmm. to try to change that, but I can't. Like I have, a, I have a limited amount of time on this earth and I have 
Yeah. So I have things I got to do. How has this affected you as a professor and a performer? Like, is this go? Is this going to have an effect on your art as well and your performance? It has. It's had a huge effect. Like, I've started making sculptures. I've never considered myself a sculptor in any way, shape, or form. But since I got back, I had this really powerful reconnection to the woman that I was when I first met Allison, mm. when I was this super charged, a lot more fearless than I am, than I have been, you know, and middle-class comforts make you, make you a little soft. Cause you're in Florida now you're, you're living that. Are you suburbia there or city oh, or yeah. you're suburbia? Oh, yeah. Right. So it makes you soft. Like, you That's know, interesting to hear. It makes you soft. Like mm. it does make you soft. And, and, and I could, and I connect, I'm like, Oh, you know, what? and going back to the farm, I was like, yo, watching, watching Allison, like deliberately make certain changes to her lifestyle just yeah. to get closer to the ground, get back to, to get back to the things she wants to do yeah. was crazy as all get out to yeah, me. Yeah. Hard but work. That is so game that I, I can't yeah. like, and it's been on a, even... on a long-term basis. It's not just a change for a year or two. It, it's been 10 years in the making there. The fall harvest that you might participate in, it's going to be their 10th fall harvest. So they've not only made their art their life, but they've stuck with it, which I totally respect. And they've made a lot of difference. I think they've made a lot of oh. rip, ripple effects out here. Yeah. And so that so that that time there tap, got me to remember who I was, the rebellious woman that I was that got me to where I'm at right now. Yeah. And. I realized that my the work I was making was kind of timid, um, hmm. and and I said, you know what? I had like, what would Allison do? Take mm -hmm. take out a staple gun <laughs> and this, and not know what you're doing, but just go balls to the wall and just eat that thing. guinea hen that keeps nipping at her ankles. <laughs> Your dinner, baby. You know what? <laughs> That's it. And you don't realize when you have softened. Right. It mm -hmm. just happens. And then hmm. and then you're like, oh, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm sitting here worried about the HOA. You know what? I'm going to throw some shit in the ground. <laughs> the HOA. You know I don't really care about you. I'm a, I've been complaining about studio space when yeah. I have this big open area right here. I'm just going to start building something right here. Yeah. And, You've got um, a really good point. I'm living in Austin now, by the way. And I'm thank you for that reminder for sure. You know, and so I'm hoping that when I come back to the farm to finish what I started, Great. Um, you know, but it's going to be different because I'm not performing and I'm not trying to put young, because my performance that I had in mind was to create safe passage for young, for the young Mexican American community and Seguin yeah. to do a performance in their uh, folkloric regalia. Yeah. And that the elders would deliberately create safe passage. I've been thinking a lot about monuments. I've been thinking a lot. I don't know if you can see. I didn't get to show you my little garden out back. It's too mm. dark to show you everything now. But yeah. my cabbages are huge. And I no way. Oh, my gosh. So you're doing another garden, and this time it's like. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in soil again. I got a composter last fall. Oh, my fall God, Juana. I'm so I glad to hear that. Went out of buckets. Really? Um, That's amazing. Eric, Eric made a little table for me to start seedlings and things outside we're going to get some grow lamps he's so good to start seeing them inside great um, so wanda wow you're really you're, you're continuing the follow-through even though you went through so many roadblocks and 
lessons, hard lessons to learn. And you said that you, when you picked some of your um, stuff and it was gooey, you broke down in tears. What was that story? Oh, I, oh my God. I had like, I had all these ideas that I was going to throw all this zucchini and I was just going to be able to go out and grab a zucchini and cook it and, you know, just be that person. And so I would go out and tend to my zucchini. I was like, I had dreams of like cooking the zucchini flowers and, um, and I had all these recipes in mind and, you know, but the stubborn person that I am, you know, and my husband too, like we made like two eight by eight foot by eight foot squares to plant and grow in the soil. Yeah. Um, and so we have, we, it took so much work to clear out the soil. And then, wow. so when I put the little things in the ground, my husband was like, that's it with all this space. You're not going to, that's all you're going to put in that after all this work. And so we bullheadedly, Put things too close together oh, and then yeah. they ended up holding too much moisture and so they started getting very mildewy very quickly wow, um, okay. i didn't know how to protect them from vine borers huh. so the vines so these little critters were getting inside and eating the vegetables from the inside wow. so you could see a beautiful zucchini but pick it up and it was like mush and it was no. just oh I my cried. god i cried oh, that's amazing uh, though that is so such a good because you really got on it really quickly so as they say yeah. in the world of startups fail fast you know learn your lessons fast and sounds like you did sounds like you learned your lessons you bootstrapped you got back up you're doing it again this year and your cabbage is beautiful and your gardens are like 10 times it is. better I, I'll, I'll text you i'll text you pictures of them tomorrow when i go to water them um, would love that but uh Great. Yeah, and I, I think I, I came in a lot more humble this time. Yeah, like I had all kinds of ideas, <laughs> and I came in this time a lot more humble. Okay, I like, think. Let me just be more comfortable. Let me take my time with this. Humility um, started, is important um, part of the mix because it keeps you listening instead of talking, right? I'm mm -hmm. listening, and I'm just like, okay, I see the weather. It's not been raining, so things are going to grow. As soon as that these rain, the rains come in, I'm probably just going to pull up everything and start preparing for the fall. Like just whatever's Excellent. in there, like don't torture it. Or like I have watermelons growing, and I got wow. out of like I had three rows of corn mm -hmm. that grew as grew taller than me. But wow, because I didn't, I didn't treat it early enough. Little, these little caterpillars that go right down the center of the spiral oh of my corn. God. I treated that. Oh my and God, there's so much to know. I was, unrolling, I was unrolling each corn corn spiral and to pick all the caterpillars out, uh. put like organic, you know, deterrent and killer in it to get the thing. And, but because I put my hand in it so much that I disrupted the spiral. Yeah. And so the corn grew dis, dis, disfigured. And oh, then, um, huh. and it's in the disfigurement of the corn that grew because my, you know, once the spiral is messed up, either, either the caterpillar destroy it straight down through the middle, which some of them, I lost a few like that. Wow. Or if you can, if you can, you can open and unro unroll the spiral, but you end up altering the, the growth of the growth pattern of the corn. Wow. And so the corn came up like really disfigured. But that was kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. How nature is still going to keep trying even if things are wrong. It is. And, um, and that was, and that's what inspired the trees that I've been working on in my studio. No um, way. Oh my God. Because I can't wait they to kept see. trying. They, the corn kept trying. The zucchini kept trying. Hmm. And the bugs kept trying. You know what I mean? And so it's going to do what it's going to do. How much 
how much can I force my hand on nature? Like it's going to rain. It's going to get hot. Like, right. You know, yeah. and I, and I was so determined to make it work. And then to realize like, you know what, you've been bested. You've got to stop. You just got to let it roll and just tend mm. and tend to what is growing fruitfully and, mm. and don't hurt them by trying to make something grow that can't or shouldn't right now. Yeah. Um, so it and, sounds like um, you're kind of getting to know Mother Nature there in your own backyard. Like, what do I have to work with? What is what what is it like? What is it not like? You know, what thrives? What doesn't? What are the cycles? Right. Takes but that time. softness, that listening, that softness is what we need to do as a nation. Like, and we're seeing the old forceful hand trying to still squeeze. Yeah you know trying to control and that and the thing is if you're out of control it's 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 never going to be controlled yeah nathan's gonna keep trying you're gonna have black you're gonna have black muslim leaders Mm -hmm. you're gonna have you know you're gonna have queer uh leaders you're gonna have it's gonna happen you can't stop it it's coming yeah you know we need to be supple and like recognize when you're trying to force somebody to do something because you don't like it yeah, right. Well, this and, is so and... inspiring, Wanda. Um, by the way, I don't know if you could hear, but the guinea hens were saying hi out here. So they're good, but they're still here. That wasn't they're... me. I just was like, look, I was ready to chase them down with a two by four. <laughs> they're saying hello. I love that you're back to your gardens, even after experiencing so many mm-hmm. obstacles and it's thriving and you seem to be thriving. We're coming back from pandemic and I'm sure you, I hear you were very affected by that. So what do you, oh. what do you say moving forward into 2021, you know, like how, um, how, how do we want to reshape I'm this? Gonna... I'm going to, I'm going to implore people to be more supple, like listen to the people around you, the way you'd listen to the earth. If someone wants to be called, they, it's not going to hurt you. Just mm-hmm. call them. They keep it moving. They mm-hmm. have a right to be free and peaceful. Okay. Yeah, keep if, the flow. you know, it's, you're not going to, no one's going to take your guns away. Mm-hmm. You're not losing your freedoms by covering your face and wearing a mask. It's the kindest thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's not really, sometimes it's not just about you. Right and the garden and the universe, we all, we all work together. Right. And I think a little bit of grace, a little bit of compassion. One of my favorite quotes is the chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So, you know, if we keep beating up on other people, we're beating up on ourselves. So try to stay strong, try to keep the weakest link strong because you're not only doing it for them, you're doing it for you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I when I posted that I, I got my second shot. Um oh, I got great. my second COVID shot yesterday. Cool. I, I simply posted I not just for me, for you. Right? Yeah. But I know there's some people that are afraid. I know there's some people that I know, are I didn't want to do it, but I did it for everyone else. It's not just about me. Oh my gosh, Wanda. Well, you are so inspiring and so incredibly talented. I'm just really excited and I, I'm enjoying watching everything that you're about. And I hope that you come out for fall harvest or something and do a revisit and we'll maybe um, revisit again. Yeah, I think that because I pulled out of performance, I'm like, what happens if, you know, and because of disease and the, the things mutating in my garden, you know, people contorting themselves and mutating to these weird versions of themselves, these angry hyper, I started thinking, what if my wigs mutated? 
Oh, okay. And so that's what happened to my, that's what, that's what, what's been showing up on my Instagram. It's like, so there are these wig variants. And so nice. they, they employ different hair textures, um, certainly ex, um, exploring the Afro-Latinx um, identity issue, especially how, how, and how blackness is managed via our hair. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, great. But then just thinking about like, the, if my my wigs would start to grow like trees without me, like they don't need me anymore. Performance doesn't need me right now. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're taking my place. They're going to be like sentinels. Excellent. So it's sculptural then. Oh yeah. And textural. Oh yeah. Excellent. Oh, yeah. So oh gosh, figure, Wanda, that's amazing. I cannot wait to see what you come up with on the, on that end. Thank you. I, um, I sent Allison a, a, a schematic of an idea. So. Excellent. Oh. Okay. Hey, tell him the guinea hens miss him. <laughs> okay. Oh, Miss Lucas, Lucas, Mister, Mister Tripp said the guinea hens in uh, Texas are missing you. The guinea hens are talking to us. Okay, on that note, we will say goodbye. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for everything, Wanda. Bye, y'all. Bye, Lucas. Tripping down here without reservations, without knowing his destination. But now he's here, but not quite clear just what he will do. Some friends from habitable spaces said, come on over to one of our places. So we jumped right into life on the farm. Hey, don't you fly too high. Everybody's got to have some time to cry. Hey, don't you fly too high. You'll find your place in the sky. Place in the sky